0: I think I can't take any more. We go deeper and harder than ever before. We go higher and higher. I feel like I'm already there. My goodness. Well, that's former church mouse Katy Perry. And if it's the weirdly erotic tone the pilot of my flight took when announcing that we were number 13 for departure out of LaGuardia, then this must be Dale Radio. I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you as always... From the foul banks of the Gowanus. (laughs) And yet, here I am again, straying from the banks of our little Gowani, up in uh, a sky tower in Glass City over here, isn't it? Williamsburg, is that what it's called? Yes. My goodness, everything's happening over here. Boutique coffee and uh, uh, colorful shoes. (laughs) <laughs> They've, you've got it all. And uh, I'm in the company of a new friend. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I meet so many people doing this show. It energizes me. It does. It fills me up. We're here at the lovely home of Brooklyn curator and writer and comedy enthusiast, Miriam Katz. Totally, Miriam!
1: How are you? I feel pretty good. Good. I feel well, pretty good. I feel better since you came here. I was a little tired today, but I feel more... No, this is i You are I'll also finish. energizing me.
0: Good, I'm well, awake. I'm We're going to keep it going. It's awesome. like touching one of those, um, what do you call it, with the energy ball at Spencer Gifts, and you touch your hand to... You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I do. The I electrode. That's what I this I think is. it
1: helps. The hand, the hand gestures help, so <laughs> the audience won't know, but yes. They'll know. There's, the a, lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of Spencer frequencies <laughs> out there. There's a lot of Spencer out there
0: we decided nobody buys anything from that place. So it's a kind of a strange. It must be a front of some mm. kind. It's just for teenagers to understand sexuality <laughs> through playing cards. You
1: buy things from that. I think you that think is so? a go-to gift spot. There's just spot.
0: closets full of that stuff, though, yeah. isn't there? And then
1: maybe office gifts.
0: <laughs> That's a classic one yeah. for the office party. Yeah. Well, listen. I have. Do you have an office? Do you go to an office? They do. We'll talk about that. That sounds. Let me make a note. <laughs> I love offices. Well, I have high hopes for us getting along, Miriam. I do. I feel a kinship with you. On paper, we both like the same things, and I've been on enough internet dates to be a pretty good judge of podcast guests. <laughs> 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 Nothing is funnier than two people talking in a room about comedy and how it works. <laughs> so, well, speaking of funny places, you, you fit me in. You're about to fly off to, to Paris. Is that oh, right?
1: Tomorrow. That's Tomorrow, right. early evening.
0: Early, oh, so that's that's okay then. Yes. I thought it was not an early morning, no. right? Well, that's a little bit, uh, that's that's better for me thinking yes. about you. Good. Because I don't, <laughs> don't want to be the Because pre- you need help packing? Are yes. you okay? Yeah, you want to do some packing? Yes. <laughs> What's your essential? What's the thing that you always bring? Huh. Uh,
1: well, in this case, I need to have like a mega outfit for the actual show that oh, I'm that's hosting. A lot, that's a lot of pressure. No, but I have it already. I've got oh, a mega oh, good. outfit. It was a an impulse buy.
0: And what's what 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 is the uh, characteristics of the outfit?
1: Uh it is small and leather. <laughs> it's Hell. pretty it's pretty <laughs> killer. I think also just having a new outfit yeah. is just adds a little excitement to it. Sure. So well, uh, yeah, I'd say heels and the mega outfit and then toiletries and then some other cuter outfits.
0: Yeah. I like that you use the term outfit. That's what I do too. Oh interesting. I buy in you know outfits.
1: Huh. Yeah, I, can, I have a tough time separating
0: Separate clothes. Yeah,
1: clothing. Yeah, they are outfits. I, I mean, I, outfits. I don't actually think that I generally wear outfits, but for when I travel, I wear outfits. Yeah, you got to plan it just out. Have you got to plan it out. Four cool days, so you do your very yeah. best. But anyone who's met me in that kind of a situation, just for four days, thinks that I dress very well. Yeah, but really, it's just the top. It's the greatest hits.
0: But you got to get some dry cleaning bills involved in that. You do. Yeah, you got to keep up with it. You do. And that's. What... <laughs> <laughs> I was just down there in San Juan. You said you were a fan of, of Puerto Rico. Yeah. What
1: were you doing there?
0: Well, you know, I work for a flyer company, and we pass out the flyers for comedies and musicals up on uh-huh. Broadway. Come flyer with me. Oh, check it out. Frequent listeners to this podcast, <laughs> no know that when I start talking about handing out flyers that's a nice time to go and get a drink because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mention it all the time but it's been a great company and I love working for them and uh, I've I kind of ascended through the ranks I used to pass it out. I've been there for a number of years and uh, now as a, a kind of a senior person within the team, I go to various conferences and things around the country and uh, talk about the best distribution methods and uh, paper stocks, it's riveting, just riveting work. So
1: San one was a conference? Yeah, it was a little conference uh-huh. down there
0: and uh, uh, we had a great mafungo.
1: What's
0: that? yeah, you had that mafungo? I think that's I'm saying it. it sounds good.
1: familiar, but I don't it's know it's,
0: it's such a fun word to eat. I'm not sure why we're not doing more of it, but it's a plantain mash, and you oh. maybe you put a little meat inside. Oh wow! You eat you eat I meat.
1: Know, I do eat meat yeah. now. I didn't for a little bit. The uh, pina colada was invented in in the Hilton Hotel in San Juan, supposedly. Oh my
0: goodness! Well, I should have gone over there. Yeah. I had some very excellent rum, and I had some not-so-good rum. Oh. Also, the water was very warm. Now, you are an accomplished, if less seasoned, let's be honest, podcast host. You have a podcast that you uh, run, and it's called The Breakdown. Yeah. Unlike any other podcast out there, there's not any others called The Breakdown. I'm kidding. There are a few, aren't there? There are, yeah. But yours yours is unique, and it's separate and beautiful, and you search... You, if you search Breakdown, you're going to get a bunch of other ones, but Miriam Katz and The Breakdown.
1: Right. I only have one podcast called The Breakdown.
0: That's, that's right. That's what I mean. <laughs> and uh, Well, how do you decide who to feature on this program? Because it's comedy. I didn't set this up, but you're, you're interested in the intersection of visual art and comedy. Yeah. That's fair to say.
1: That is totally fair to say. I wanted to ask because you said that you're, I'm a less seasoned podcaster. How long have you been podcasting? I guess your audience This like is
0: this. This is uh, uh, the sixth season of this show, well into the... I like the podcasts have
1: seasons. Like, what does that 20, mean? episode.
0: 30 episodes. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean? Yeah. Uh, I take the summers off is what it means.
1: But years <laughs> means. you mean sixth year?
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I've been doing it for about a year. Yes. And it's half comedians and half visual artists that work with
0: humor. And there's people that are crossing over within the book. Yeah, totally. Rarely, though, I imagine.
1: No, I mean, there are people who sort of work in both realms or make sense in both realms. Yeah. And I I really like people who make sense in both realms. But um, I do, in general, really like it when people are shaking up the art world a little bit. Yeah. So that's sort of part of my attraction to comedy, In general, I had worked professionally in the art world for a long time, but also was watching a lot of comedy and was, it felt like uh, an antidote, but maybe like it just energized me in a way that was really necessary and was very different from a lot of the visual art
0: that I was seeing. Seeing comedy did. Yeah. What was your first show that you saw?
1: It was Stella uh, at Fez in. Two thousand three. So that's when it's all happening. That was a yeah. big, that was a big time in New York. Totally. Uh, Stellar with uh,
0: Michael Ian Black and yeah. uh, David Wayne, Wayne. and uh, Showalter.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. And I'd seen some kind of silly stand-up show on the Upper West Side when I was, I don't know, in college or something. Mm. But um, that was the first comedy show that really blew my mind. Really got you going. And Todd Barry was there, and he made fun of me for. Hard I laughed. And Eugene Merman was also performing and we all hung out afterwards because at the time I was younger and hung out more. And uh and I about know what that's like. and at about three thirty, like we were all hanging out, all the comics, and a couple of my friends, and at 3 30 in the morning, Eugene was like I think I went to your bat mitzvah <laughs> and he totally had <laughs>
0: oh he's also from Massachusetts yeah isn't I
1: totally Russian Jew to from Massachusetts and then I started going to invite them up every single week
0: well that's true what a what a first thing to start with I though know. I mean all these people who are now at the at the top of their game I know uh being celebrated for what they do yeah I just saw a, a Eugene officiated at a wedding that I, I went oh, to oh
1: wow cool it was very
0: nice I said hello awkward Oh
1: yeah, of course. No problem. <laughs> and I
0: saw him again, I said, "Hey, I was at that way, I mean, Awkward again. Yeah,
1: no problem. That's fine. though. That's okay. Yeah,
0: if it's acceptable, it's acceptable. It's yeah, fine. I just
1: saw him. And I went on a
0: comedy cruise. That sounds. <laughs> that sounds. Uh, <laughs> Which we can talk about if you like. Potentially uh, awful. Well, let's let's come back to the cruise. I do want to talk about that, um, but I want to uh, stick with this trying to understand what this uh, what this thing is. So so that's a pretty good idea of what. Probably is like your sweet spot in comedy is uh, the mm. things that are being pursued by uh, those fellas. They happen to be all guys in that uh, that lineup that you mentioned. Is that what? But can you can you have you put some thought into what it was that made it work so well for you as a type of comedy?
1: Because mm. um, they're think,
0: very. That's a pretty like highbrow uh, a kind of group.
1: Yeah, I think part of it, the thing that really really struck me at the time was how was sort of the specificity of the references. I I also had this experience seeing Wayne's World when I was 11 or something and watching them talk about the Flowbee. And I couldn't believe they are talking about the Floby because I couldn't believe anybody else knew about the Flowbee right. when I was 11. Right. And right. it really, really blew my mind. And, and yeah. And so, and also it just made me feel like the things. And that was obviously a naive thing when I was so young. But... um but this seeing other people, and again, yes, at a very high level, talk about very specific things in my little world. Right. It was someone but you had else also found amusing. Noting it, yeah, amusing, yeah. or even just
0: it was any part kind of, of your experience, and then it yes. just kind of it had. But a, it felt a,
1: a very, echo. very specific. Um, and then I also think I had had a certain conception of comedy, and I hadn't thought about it too much because I never really cared about it. Like I didn't really care about it in a huge way growing up. You know, a lot of people were very, very into stand-up records. Or particularly into sitcoms or SNL or whatever. And like anybody, I watched The Cosby Show and like anybody, I watched SNL. But I didn't even especially like comedies. I sort of liked sad movies and sad books more. Well.
0: And, um... (laughs) That's a good basis for a lot of comedy. Yeah, totally. It It is.
1: But this was something... um, yeah, I think that I'd seen a little bit of stand up on television and um, and like I said, had gone to some dumb well, upper West Side well, club. What got
0: you to this one? Was it a date or something? What was happening?
1: My friend took me because she'd been really into the state. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was really just a friend taking me and it told I mean, it was such a clear moment of being so surprised. But even then I don't i I didn't um, connect it to art. That was actually years later. So then I went to see invite Them Up all the time, and I went to see Big Terrific all the time. And then it was, so I think it must have been four years and it was maybe 2006, 2007, when mm. I really real, realized that it was an art.
0: You ever go to any of the two for the shows? No, it's not. Oh, it was down there. Mo Pitkins hmm. did that a couple times. But anyhow. Uh, uh, so, so who then have... Been? since you weren't really into comedy, you probably, but now you have gone deep.
1: Yeah, really <laughs> so, deep.
0: So who are some of the heroes for you now, comedically?
1: Hmm. Um, somebody that I go to very... T- return to regularly is Mitch Hedberg. Sure. Um, I think a lot of people do. Yeah. And I think for the simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, it just makes me feel really free. First of all, you can kind of make anything funny, but also just... He, even though he was a shy guy, it really just felt like he was a dude, like a funny dude, rather than even and also his jokes were very crafted, but he just was I don't know, there's a real looseness to it that I don't I haven't seen in a lot of other mm-hmm. comedians. And I actually do like showmanship and I like good performing, but there was something so he really got away with something there. I mean sometimes it just wasn't <laughs> even jokes. Right, he would just be laughing at a thing. That was right. hardly a thing. Hardly. He'd be like, ha, koala bears. Ha, 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 You know, that's really great that he could do that. Right. Because it was funny.
0: Well, that is that is showmanship of a kind. I know, you're right. That's, that's...
1: It was a, nat- it was, yeah, like a natural. It's,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, I really love John Mulaney so much. Oh, yeah. Like, he's such a strong comedian. Um,
0: he's poised for great things, isn't
1: he? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean...
0: One of these young fellas. I
1: think it's going to be in the next year or so that he's going to sort of be on par well, in that, terms of popularity with Louis C.K. or
0: something. Right, right. Which then that, that that program's quite sad.
1: Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I just, just found show. out yesterday that the new season is on Netflix. I don't know how I did that. Yeah, it. I got to so, get. It. I got uh, to tune it. into that. Well, we're yeah. just
0: a couple of people that enjoy comedy, aren't oh, we? God, yeah. I tell you, for me, for me, people have never asked me this question. <laughs> So I'll answer it myself. Mm. People that I always look to, just comedically. And I, you know, I do a lot of things. But uh, Barry Humphreys. Mm. Uh, Dame Edna. You ever watched any Dame Edna?
1: Not for a really long time. Oh,
0: man. I'm going to encourage you to go and okay. check that out. Okay. Talk about showmanship. And just, it's a joy. It's mm. joy on stage. And that's one of the things I like. And you get, of course, your Fred Willards and Bob Newhart and um, Peter Sellers, Jim Henson. Jack Betting and a little bit of my Uncle Bill.
1: But what, a, but what about the fact that it's um, like old, like comedy taps out so quickly. Yeah. So I'm surprised that so many of your heroes are older comedians because it's or so... Or dead. Right, but so it's yeah. it's not quite funny in the same way as seeing Kyle Kinane is now funny.
0: That's true. I, you know, it's like more of a showman and thing. I'm, and maybe I have strapped my, uh, my hopes to the wrong thing. <laughs> So the wrong kind of a thing that's out of fashion or something, but I do think everything comes around, and that that good, that stuff that I find funny when I watch a Dame Edna show, and you can say some of it is, you know, how many Margaret Thatcher jokes do you need? Probably not a lot, not a lot, but there's something about it that's so is so perfect in the way that she's relating to the audience, and how much of it's scripted or not, I don't know, but it's it's that that character, Barry Humphreys plays Dame Edna. Dame Etta is so perfectly a character you com- it completely you can't remember Barry Humphreys. Mm. There's no it they are two separate entities and it's visual and it's ridiculous and there's all that but I've seen her live and the the the, the connection to the audience mm. is is phenomenal. It's it's right up there with all the with all the greats as far as I'm concerned. It's not contemporary in any way. Other than it's a connection, and I think that yeah, that but is that's something huge. That's, that's that's huge. It's huge, and it works. It works for a stadium, you know. It works yeah. for a big a big house. Yeah. Maybe not a stadium, but a big house. Yeah. Which you know it would work fine in Union Hall too. But it's 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 a different kind of a thing to be able to. Do you um, actually
1: laugh? Because I find that oh, I, I find Lenny Bruce interesting, and I listen to the cadence, and I will listen to Lenny Bruce yeah. when I clean my house, but I don't laugh at all.
0: Yeah, it's no. not
1: funny. No, no, it's just interesting. So yeah. do you find you every
0: now and again? But the, the other ones will get me just crying. They you
1: will. You'll actually laugh. Okay. Just so It's not just interesting to you, or a relic,
0: or enjoyable. It's no, funny. No, no, Straight no, funny. I find it. I find it absolutely. Yeah, Good. I think that's funny. Cool. I mean, to, to varying degrees, all those people. I mean, some of it is more influences from a, as a as a younger person coming up. I mean, with like Hanson or something. But you watch some of them, and the jokes are still. I think a lot of people pattern their humor after the Muppets. Oh, really? I don't think it's too far off. Because they're just pattern, patterning off of vaudeville
1: uh-huh. and
0: kind of classic comedy. So there is a, the history gets carried forward a little bit uh, through there. Anyhow, that's a, that's a thought. <laughs> but uh, you're know, a jokes person. You like jokes. Uh,
1: I do like jokes, but I also like not jokes a yeah. lot. I yeah. also like abstraction a lot. I, so tough, I'm, t- I
0: don't have the memory for it. I can't do jokes.
1: Oh. Uh, I mean,
0: I can do, you know, but I don't, I'm not somebody that th- can tell you a joke. And they say, oh, you're a funny fella. Tell us a joke. Uh, that's not me. Uh-huh. I think it also is the same muscle that um, allows people to do uh, like movie quotes or something. I can never do that. But it's people keep saying people, Princess Bride, this and that. I said, yeah. I watched it twice. I don't, I can't, I am I only know it from the quotes. I couldn't tell you what yeah, the movie's about. That's funny.
1: But that's also people who are saying you're funny. Say a joke. Are they saying say a joke that you did not write? I, which is, I, I assume, which that's not really. It's not useful really. To anybody.
0: No, I should carry a little book around. Yeah, and just just have it ready. I have a book like that. Maybe I'll do it. It's from the '70s, so it's got a lot of mm. like supersonic air travel jokes, that's and uh, uh, psychiatry jokes and things. But anyway. So have you seen a successful blend of uh, the visual and comedy?
1: Um,
0: What's a prime example there?
1: Well, it's actually less that I'm... I mean, in some cases I'm really interested in examples of humor in visuality, like a lot of William Wegman's drawings. But um, one of the people that I interviewed on the show is Corey Archangel, and I... I spoke with him less about his visual works and more about his performative works. So it's actually less about it being a visual experience and more about it being about the different worlds, about it being the visual art world, which is funny that even calls itself that still because there's so much performance within it, Um, but sort of the art world and the comedy world. It's actually less... The distinction is not necessarily about visuality and um, comedy, but it's all—it's a lot of it's about an attitude, and there's something that I really appreciate about a playful attitude, and also um, humanity, which I find so much in comedy, and don't find as much in visual art. I think visual—the visual art world—I mm-hmm. find the visual art world at times um, has become serious and maybe a little bit less risky and so it always is a joy to me when i'm seeing examples of more playful art world art
0: and some of that has to do with uh, people in positions like yourself that are curators and that are organizing the whether it's public programs or that kind of thing or or, uh, or the exhibitions themselves right and what do you mean? Well, you have to have a kind of spirit and a freewheeling eye and a curiosity oh, yeah. to go and bring in people. Yeah, to, to bring these. in
1: people, but also, you know, it's it starts initially from people making things, right? Yeah. But so, I think you're right. Encouraging people to make things in that way. Anytime I guest teach or do any kind of yeah guest critic stuff, that's often my bottom line for students is to really encourage people to take risks, but not in the way that some people think of it, which is often really intense, yeah, right. but take risks in a, yeah. and, and be yourself and be playful and have a good time making right. these things and exploring things and being curious. You know, the, All those things are more important to me than knowing the theory and the history and being able to describe exactly what you're doing in paragraph form. Sure. You know, something yeah. that I don't totally understand,
0: I'm psyched about. <laughs> well, like right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, it's true, I don't totally understand. <laughs> well, have you, have you laughed
0: out loud at an exhibition recently? Mm. I
1: don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so. How,
0: have, have you thought of a, and I'm going to give you an example in this one. Have you thought a comedy show was beautiful? And my example of this that I have is Tig Notaro on Conan pushing that stool. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: when I saw her, she did a bit about um, how when comedians get on stage, they always immediately move the mic stand. Right. And so that she moved the mic stand for five minutes. <laughs> it's so good. She was... It's so good. She is... That was one of my favorite things I saw at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Um, yeah, she's totally, totally...
0: She's. Um, I. I. I blew it with her. I had an introduction to her, and I uh, was at a bar and said hello, and I couldn't place her. I just. Yeah. I knew the name, and I knew it from podcasts and things, and I said, oh, I've heard you on the podcast, not realizing really who, 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 what she represented and all that, and it was before she had the big live thing yeah. and all this, and uh, anyway, it was. Uh, it was like with Eugene, a little awkward
1: think that's like blowing it necessarily you'll have another opportunity I sure. think so
0: I feel like I think we'd have a nice time sitting down together
1: but I think that I can think of other examples um, seeing yes. Maria Bamford oh yeah um, can really feel like that and especially I saw her at this comedy retreat my life sounds so glamorous right now but <laughs> this comedy retreat no, I went on and... I
0: mean if you like comedy yeah don't, that's true yeah like comedy there's a comedy retreat Um, and Montreal I
1: mean... Right. Yeah. It's true. It's lovely, lovely. For art. this specific world. <laughs> right. um, it sounds glamorous to myself. <laughs> um, but so seeing her outside to a group of people who are really engaged, um, and she was so open and, and sort of comfortable being vulnerable, and she really took it far. But I often think comedy shows are so beautiful. And that yeah. recent uh, Louis C.K., Clip on Conan is so stunning, right?
0: So the recent one he's talking about cell phone, yeah, and all that, yeah,
1: and crying, yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And even Bill Cosby himself. And I think I mean that is he's with the chair and the catching mitt. Mm. That he's painting a visual picture. That's mm. I, it's absolutely clear for me. Mm. It's just a guy in a chair, but it's mm. or even Elaine May and Mike Nichols. I mean they 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 are able to conjure the visual. Through the, through the language, I think in a way that is just so impressive. Yeah,
1: Pete Holmes does that also. He's really interested in creating a very specific. The visual. big language. fella, the yeah. big fella, Pete Holmes. He's so
0: great. He's great, and you know, I and I, I was going to mention him a little bit later, but you know, he uh, he when I first came to New York, he and Jesse, uh, a yeah. client who I was just uh, stuck at LaGuardia with, and we had a great, just a fantastic time making fun of figs out there, <laughs> and uh, just get down to the Delta terminal for Jesse's show. <laughs> Because it was fantastic. But now, Pete, you've you talked to him on the podcast. Yeah. He's just a bundle of energy, isn't yeah. he? And I did the show over there, Housing Works, Punch Up Your Life. And we had a grad one time that was great, and one time not so great. But I gave in to anger, and that's why it was bad. Because mm-hmm. you start to turn on an audience, and you, you it's a weird kind of human reaction of like, I'm not sure what's happening. And you get angry, and you start to, anyhow, As I've seen it happen with other comedians. And then they're just doing you know, blue material, and uh, doing stuff that you, you don't need a prison rape joke there. You just don't need it, you know? And then they go to that, and then it's done, and you've lost the audience, and it's just, I didn't do that, I just was, I anyhow, it wasn't a great second night. <laughs> now, the first night, I don't remember, which was great, but boy, I remember every detail I'm about the lay. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, he's just got so much energy, he's got the great show, and I listen to him, he, he's not... Uh, uh, it, but I feel like off stage he could be a little bit of a grumpy Gus sometimes. Does he come down? Hmm. Did you talk to him when he was in it? He was obviously performing, being on the yes. show, but it was a, maybe a quieter moment.
1: Yeah, I don't know about... I didn't have the experience of grumpy Gus. Um, I don't know that he is. I just said yeah. like, he can't be
0: like that. that energy all the time. Yeah it's a lot to sustain or if he is by gosh good, good no
1: I don't think he is but I don't know that it necessarily morphs into a sad love dad it's more just probably a lower vibration yeah um no I find him very inspiring in terms of in terms of play and also in terms of really asking questions and going deep and even just the concept of his show of being weird is so inspiring right. and just being I mean that's if we can all like get more and more comfortable not being cool and doing what we think and saying yep. what we think. Yep. And it's a slow process. <laughs> I don't think it's the kind of thing that you can just rip the band-aid off and go into that. But it's such a yeah. it's such an important thing in your life, even if it's by degrees, to just shed more and more. And I think for so many people it's the opposite. You know, the older and older you get, the more conservative you become and the less comfortable you are doing ridiculous things and it's such it feels i feel like i actually was in my life going in that direction and i think comedy in a complicated way not just simply in like an easy way but it has really really helped me to try to go in the other direction and and live in a creative space and do things that don't necessarily make sense and um and have a good time yeah and and just feel like a human being.
0: That's what I mean,
1: prioritize.
0: That you know, in both of, in any artistic pursuit, and let's include comedy within that. Uh, it's about isn't it uh, the establishing of a, of a trust, hmm. and that trust comes from being honest with your audience. And the audience can feel that. And for many visual artists, it's about creating this persona that people then buy into, hmm. and if you have that trust with the audience you can go anywhere. Yeah. You really can. Yeah. But if you if you sever that or if you you don't establish that, or if you just don't have it, then then it's not then it doesn't work.
1: But how do you think you establish that?
0: By what you're just talking about to get to a place where you're being honest yeah. with yourself and and how you move through the world. Yeah. And what you're going to talk about. It's yeah. just got to be it's that's all we have. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, there's a lot of building up about all this other stuff that happens in the daily life, but that you know
1: I know thats sincerity and just like cutting through and it happens in conversations yeah. at parties sometimes sometimes you'll be talking at a certain level yes and then someone will say yeah I don't actually think that and you're like oh yeah we're here we're just, <laughs> like I didn't know we were gonna hope <laughs> yeah. go there right. I really thought maybe we we're gonna stay because I I tend to try to move into that yeah but sometimes you know you have to try lightly with that stuff you can't force somebody into that but it's so exciting when you go into another zone then you Maybe yeah, that was possible. Yeah, when
0: you can get in there and wrestle with the things mm-hmm. that are really happening. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, if you can make it funny, well... <laughs> totally. That's another thing. Mm. But I do think that it's about about the trust part of it. And uh, I think that's just the key. I mean, people will... I'm not... Uh, people trust me. That, that's what, that's yeah. what it is. Uh, f- for me, people will ask me directions in any city I'm in. I have no idea... And often after, oh, wait, hey, hold on, I have a phone, I'll look it up for you. But uh, I don't, people just, I look, look like I'm trustworthy.
1: People uh, in elevators will start telling me their life
0: story. You see, you also have a trustworthy
1: face. Yeah. Yeah. But it's and not way a about face, you. it's like, yeah, it's a way.
0: Yeah. yeah. We all give off these signals, and you know who to avoid on the train. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, well, uh, there is something inherently ridiculous, though, in performance art. Um, Which I know we're kind of not we're talking about, but not specifically. That's we're, we're, a little bit to the side, I think. Yeah, I as think I'm trying to define this.
1: There's something that I, I what well, you didn't finish what you were saying and then I could say. Whatever. Well,
0: from from my perspective, it's made it's made up. It is neither this nor that. It kind of borrows from other worlds to put this kind of hybrid thing into, and it can it can be fine. It can be rewarding, but uh, it's also an aw- it's just an awkward fit. Um, and, and and whether it's theater trying to be in a gallery or a gallery thing trying to be, you know, on stage, trying to hold an audience, audience's attention, it's a very tricky beast. Whether you have that trust thing or not, it it's, it's tough to pull off.
1: Well, it can be a little amorphous. Yeah. And it can sort of be structureless. And there's something really great, there's a great potential in the art world in that there aren't rules and so you're not wedded to a bottom line and that there's something very very special about that and sometimes the most amazing things can come out of that like a joseph Boyce or something it's right. funny i don't think i've ever cited joseph Boyce, but that's who came to my head yeah and uh
0: no oh, his work with coyotes is hilarious <laughs>
1: but you know there's like <laughs> things that yeah that are very special to the art world because there are no right. no boundaries right but often, there's a situation that you come upon where without the some kind of a structure or a stricture, you just end up doing whatever and yeah. something and a thing. And there you there's no way of knowing whether you are, like you were saying, connecting with the audience because that requires the audience to be super, super honest yeah. about how they feel. Whereas in comedy, they're just laughing and so you know. But I think there's something useful on the one hand about comedy having that bottom line so that you know so that you work within that and be very creative within that but still have that structure but then something also sometimes about just not needing about it being anything being possible and I really like the dialogue available in the art world mm-hmm. it just doesn't it doesn't exist in any other
0: I mean the, the, the Discussion around it, the, the...
1: studio visits, oh, okay. and sort of the discussion around it. I mean, you know, I mean, magazines can be cool. I, I work <laughs> at one, um, but I think studio visits is, uh, and even, I mean, grad school can go a little far. But that I can email any artist, seriously, any artist. I really could find a way to have a studio visit with Damien Hurst or Jeff Koons or whoever. You know, <laughs> yeah. whereas I. Can't have lunch with Don Delillo, you know. I mean, maybe I'm not quite in that world. Maybe if I was an agent, I could. And maybe Don Delillo is an especially elusive case. But, um, but it is interesting to me that that's starting to.
0: What would you have a sandwich? Salad.
1: I, I was thinking spaghetti squash <laughs> for some reason. Spaghetti I squash. My head. <laughs> but so it's interesting that now that's with the the advent of podcasts, that's yep. really. Making its way into the comedy world, and it's so fun to to. to have this to.
0: in-depth exploration of, of ideas and thoughts and how the things happen. Yeah, yeah, no, because otherwise you're just really up there, and you get the feedback, and you get a couple of drink tickets, and, and then you, and then you go on and do the next gig, and you really only learn about it. But there is something very helpful, just talking through. Yeah,
1: I and hope. also hearing other people I hope talk listening too. Yes. Oh, listening! Oh, listening! My God! Listening. Yes. It's fun, <laughs> and it's titillating.
0: <laughs> but um, well, this is what I was gonna gonna say because sometimes, you know, when you when you talk about, again that the where these things have their roots and how things bubble up and things, uh, uh, and you know, I, I'm inspired by the Gowanus. You had a studio down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, How did you know that? You, you love, this, love the Gowanus. I can yeah. tell a fellow Gowanus enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, I
1: was in the can factory for a while. The <laughs> beautiful building up there? Yeah.
0: Was Nina Antoni doing stuff in that building?
1: Yeah, she was then. I, I think she must still be there. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's my muse forever, the Gowanus. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful. I drove over it the other day. Horrible smell. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, uh, but... The, like those things rising up that's what I think I was tying that to anyhow uh, you consider somebody like Pollock is considered sometimes to be an early performance art person but I think there's also uh, uh, I think there's some comedy there (laughs) that had to be Mm, you know I mean it's there's nowhere else to go and let's throw some paint around yeah I mean let's have a kind of like uplifting moment
1: (laughs) So let's even because you were asking whether I'd laughed in a gallery, and I don't, I think it's sort of okay that I haven't. But it's, it's not a, that this I. This is a free space. Don't yeah. Worry about- <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm saying I think that there's laughter is not the only. I really like laughing, but it's not the only thing. And I think that Pollock, in a sense, could have been joking without it being a joke proper that you laugh at. It's an attitude of, yeah. um, of let's do this flip thing, but also it was a breakthrough and that's really interesting if you sure. look at bre- breakthroughs are so interesting
0: and they're charged they have a lot of stuff with them yeah and yeah.
1: there haven't been that I don't I don't know it's like that Duchamp Pollock Warhol thing and maybe you don't need everything I mean obviously you don't need everything to be like that there's softer work no, need, and there's more subtle things right. yeah <laughs> I mean I'm pretty into intensity but I think there's something so exciting about that sort of attitude of it's it's not exactly an attitude of nihilism it's an attitude of I'm going to take this further because I think that this is right and maybe I'm the only one that could ever do this so I'm going to say it even if people are not going to understand
0: well I and I still think it comes back to them the, the, I always go to the biography to, because I'm enchanted by it and I, I like thinking that way mm-hmm. that everything has this root I mean He was a little bit wild there anyhow. I mean, can you imagine a real restrained, you know, uh, Magritte didn't do that. Right, right, right. (laughs) This guy was was boozing and playing the drums or whatever and uh, being a little bit, uh, you know, with the ladies and uh, driving too fast. And of course he made work that looked like that.
1: Mm. How could he not? Yeah, that's interesting.
0: And then you get somebody like Duchamp, and at first you're thinking, "Well, okay, it's a little obvious with the urinal." But then he's playing chess with a nude lady, and we're getting into something pretty satisfyingly weird
1: <laughs> and funny. I mean, the urinal—you can say—is obvious, but it was, could not have been obvious then. Well, I don't, it's I, pretty unbelievable.
0: No, yes, it's but uh, but cool. it's, it's really at the top of the. If you're gonna do, it's like a it's like a crap joke a little bit.
1: A little bit, yeah.
0: Not at the level of it, but that yeah. it's like universe. It's like a kind of a populist gesture. Yeah, yeah. I'm yes. a little out of my depth, but I I do feel like there was something there that was uh, oh, bringing from true. the it common was, man it, to it, this, It's like, different
1: yeah. than it being a, a sink. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well said.
1: <laughs> I am trying to think of the name of that romance, Yasvan, bon- yeah... Boss Boss Jan Otter. Oh, yeah. That was really hard for me. Well said.
0: That one is because it's just the same. I think it was just I couldn't think of his name. And normally
1: I would have just ignored it that I couldn't think of his name and not mention it. But I think I feel this is a safe safe space. It is. So I'm comfortable (laughs) having searched for that. But I think somehow he, he fits in a little bit. Yeah. Even though not. Exactly a funny story. I mean, a sad story. Well, yeah. But so, I mean, he was—he really did something different. I think. Yeah,
0: I think. It, well, that—that's—he's kind of the Mitch Hedberg
1: hmm. analog. Maybe. Let's play that game. Oh okay. yeah, let's play that game. Okay. God, that's gonna be great.
0: So, uh, uh, comedian. Whichever comedian comes to mind, and I list this artist.
1: Wow, this is the best game ever. Did you? <laughs> pre-plan having this game happen or did you just make up the idea of the game just well, now? I, I thought about it. God, ah, this is fun. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, uh, Baldessari.
1: Oh. Uh, Dimitri Martin.
0: Oh, Well done. I'm just doing, I'm, I'm going to do this full on it. This a, is a safe space as that <laughs> yeah. Barbara Kruger. Huh. Lane Boozler because of the hair.
1: Yeah. I feel like I feel like Joan Rivers for some bizarre ooh, ooh. reason.
0: And none of these I'm gonna Direct into the point. You don't have to stand by any of them. Nobody yeah. will judge you. Uh, Caleb Lindsay. Huh. Video and performance artist for our listeners not familiar. Emerging artists.
1: God, I feel like this is so awful, because I'm like, a man was a man, and then a woman was a woman, and then a black artist <laughs> is a black artist, but Michael Che, but I think I'm just doing, like, a weird... Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway. But maybe, I think, just kind of like a chillness. Like, there's yeah. such a
0: chillness to Cale Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Tricartan. Not chill.
1: Not chill. Spazzy, spazzy face. Um, I guess, what's his face with who's on? Co- Sam Kennison.
0: Mm-hmm. I would have also accepted T.J. Miller for that one.
1: Oh, God, do I love T.J. Miller? T.J. Miller is so inspiring. So, i am you heard it here. T.J. Miller is deeply inspiring.
0: <laughs> All right, last one. And I don't know that I even have one for this. Do we, oh, yeah. Urs uh, Fisher.
1: Hmm. Um, hmm.
0: I should put some music into this when we.
1: Something about connecting with other uh, people, <laughs> but a little bit flippant. I like that when he was with the that you're like, I would have also accepted DJ <laughs> as if it's like an answer. Um, oh, you gotta. Okay, we're
0: gonna hit the buzzer.
1: I think if I cared more about Urs Fisher, this would be easier well you know? there you go and I'm not even meaning to say that like super like
0: i that's why I said this one might be a little bit tricky I wasn't, I wasn't sure I yeah. don't know about that one it, yeah. was, it assumes that, that maybe Steve Martin but I think that might maybe. Uh, that's, I an, think, that's an, uh, imbalanced
1: I think I've like had some <laughs> interest in the other artists and for some reason Urs Fisher I just haven't he doesn't do it
0: for you that's fine yeah that's fine I'm not saying he does it for me I wish them all the best. <laughs> we wish you the best Ors. And, of course, you did it. and I know we're going a little bit long here, but you did a whole thing for about Andy Kaufman. Yeah, and, that was and really that, beautiful to Beautiful. I think that's a fantastic mm-hmm. project that you did. Mm-hmm. You curated the exhibition as well?
1: No, that was Jonathan Berger curated he, the he exhibition. He did that, and he
0: had you do a, a panel and a, a bunch of uh, uh yeah, some comedians do. Yeah, you know, really looking a, at it.
1: It was a panel about his influence on contemporary comedians, and that would turn into a whole project. I started meditating a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and I just really I read all of the big Kaufman books, and I went to this exhibition over and over again that had um, a lot of his ephemera and a lot of videos of his. And then also I got really involved in the work of the three artists who I shows so I'd known all their work, but I got I really got into that project, and it's so fun to do stuff wholeheartedly. Yeah. And um. And well, it with is, him, there's no other way to do it. Yeah, but, totally. I mean, you'd have you'd have
0: to meet that.
1: But I think with all this, like, it's so I feel really lucky that what I work with. like I'm writing my thesis about comedy, and I write about comedy for Art Forum, and I put together comedy shows, and I do this comedy podcast. So, I feel like. I work really hard, and it's so nice that the thing I work hard about is something that's also fun and funny because it just makes it easier. Yeah, and just like lightens the load a little bit. I mean, I get stressed out. Sure. But um,
0: no, it's good. It's a wonderful relief.
1: Yeah, but so that's true (laughs) of comedy in general. (laughs) Yeah. But then Kaufman specifically, it was it was so fun to sort of do it in the style of Kaufman, and I always thought about that in terms of writing. I always wanted to write about something in some way in the style and that's sort of why that yeah. game is a little bit fun I wish I'd nail it at the end but I'm <laughs> oh, sorry um,
0: I left you in a, a kind of a cliffhanger of a person <laughs> there. but um, we yeah. can play that any time you want to just send me names that's fine
1: yeah I love that game
0: <laughs> so how did you do it in the style of Kaufman though
1: well I think just the whole nature of the project with just the immersiveness and sort of the care that I put into it and the Um, Yeah, the full-on nature of it. And just sort of a a lightness of attitude about Mm -hmm. it. But also taking it very seriously. You know, the way that he had perfect characters, but everything was also a joke to him. So I feel like I worked so hard on that panel, but also kept a light touch about it. Yes, Um, And so it was Brent Weinbach... T.J. Miller and Tim Heidecker
0: it's a great listen I encourage everybody to check it out I mean the show is great I love listening to it but that one is a great episode yeah
1: well they also did a really great job of
0: they were every which way around they were subverting the stuff they were playing it straight they were making and just being themselves
1: but they would talk about the thing and then enact the thing which is very very special to be able to do on the spot and they were just playing
0: Heidecker really
1: yeah Yeah, he was being being real silly.
0: Something's there. Well, what do you think was the... uh, He's dead, right?
1: Yeah. Uh. I don't know.
0: (laughs) And what was the biggest revelation for you, though, about about doing that project?
1: Mm. Um, Well, I was really amazed at how he really has had this ongoing influence in a very, very deep way. And I think that that feeling of it was hard for him to do what he did and it would have been easier for him to do things differently in, in a way that was more acceptable Yeah. And, um, and how important it was that he didn't do that and he did this it's so strange that he felt comfortable doing what he did and I really admire people who were able to do that so both that just really living in that, in the space of a person that did that and seeing how far he took that. Mm -hmm. And then also to see um, other comedians to a greater or lesser extent um, doing that because there is a lot of comedy that isn't necessarily super innovative. And not that I need anything to be new all the time, but it is um, just that that legacy has... Held strong of a certain number of artists, and God, who still are weirdos.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's still there's still uh, invention to be had.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because everyone's totally different. Yeah. It's crazy that everyone's different, <laughs> and that we don't have a template for how Sometimes to. Sometimes
0: I think I've seen every kind of humanity there is, <laughs> and then I step out onto the streets of New York, and I think, nope, there it is. That's a new one. Yeah. Gosh, they just scrambled it all up, didn't they? Well, it's it's uh, it's, it's fascinating. I, you know um, uh, that that current of influence though it does seem to run. Uh, um, for instance, Andy Kaufman had an influence on on comedians, but and, and Andy Kaufman had an influence on visual artists. Yeah. But visual artists don't necessarily have much influence in the comedy world. But that that that's mm. what I'm talking about. That the the current kind of runs one.
1: Yeah. Direction. Well, comedy's a lot more popular.
0: Yeah. Um, well, that's fair enough. Popular. <laughs> and a lot of visual arts are d- deploying comedy to to get their point across, to get to, to say what they need to say. So that does happen, but uh, I, I do think it's. I mean, unless you're talking about film or media, where you can reach a lot of people, where the platform is just greater.
1: Yeah, but you could reach. I mean, visual oh. art could be populist. Yeah. It's just not. It likes to, I think, be a little bit separate.
0: Yes, it's about cultivating a uh, unique experience. Yeah, it's, and for it's insular who are and helping you build the building and that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and you write for Artform. That seems like a fun place to work.
1: Yeah, it is a cool place to work. It's <laughs> there's so many wonderful people that work there. I mean, they just. I have so many
0: friends. Oh my, everything's office. going so well for you. I, I'm <laughs> so happy. I was
1: spazzing out this morning and couldn't get any sleep last night because I was freaking out about this show. So everything is more complicated. But Your um, show in
0: Paris, not this show. You weren't freaking out about this show. No,
1: I wasn't yeah. freaking out about <laughs> this show. So, sorry, I feel like that's almost offensive. I was not freaking out about the show. No, no about didn't this show in Paris. give it a second Paris. thought, you? Um, But... But no, I do really, it is really nice to have water cooler conversation be so rich.
0: Yeah, how's the coffee over there?
1: I don't drink coffee anymore.
0: Oh, tea, nice tea selection. I bring in my own. I <laughs> oh kind of God. end up being the oh,
1: tea purveyor. Do about you do this. that at
0: restaurants too? You bring your own tea bag? Just some hot water, please.
1: Oh, that would be.
0: I mean, I'm so close to that. Kind yeah, you are it five years, <laughs> and uh, so and did you? So let, uh, just for laughs, and I'm going to go through this quickly because I know we're, we're getting close on time, and I don't want to keep you from packing. Um, My outfits. Your outfits. Your your small leather. <laughs> Not crazy. Uh, treasure. <laughs> oh, <Too> Nice. <laughs> uh, and you you were up at the. You said just for laughs in a place that loves festivals, Montreal. Yeah. I was up there, and the whole city is just festival. After federal, I walked into. Only the, in the summer, but I yeah. walked into the main. No, no, I was there in the winter, and they had a big inflatable white ball. I said to my to the person there, I said, what, "What's with the What's with this?" Oh, that's the uh, uh, outdoor inflatable light sculpture festival that's coming but up. But
1: he was outside. Yeah. Huh.
0: It was freezing, snowing, coming down. That's pretty wow. far down a list of festivals, by the way, too. Yeah. How many others were? <laughs>
1: They're on the docket before you get to outdoor
0: inflatable light up thing. Anyway, uh, that was great. Just for Seaton uh, Smith was just on my program. Who was uh, oh, cool. just, uh, just for laughs? He
1: was there this summer. I didn't
0: see him. Well, I don't know if he was this one or the year, but I don't know. He had a terrible time with his girlfriend or something. He was saying, but uh,
1: uh, it, during the festival. Yeah, yeah. Might have been
0: two times ago. I don't know. Somebody says just for laughs in their bio. I assume that they've been there recently.
1: Yeah. Uh, who knows? I mean, he's Could've younger than been there ten community. years ago. Um. Well. Yeah, I went two years in a row, and I...
0: For art form, you cover it yeah. for Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. weird.
1: It's awesome. <laughs> no, it's great for you. Yeah. But well, the little, first time I pitched strange. doing an interview with Reggie Watts, yeah. that was like the first yeah. thing that I pitched, and that sort of made sense, because he sort of does play in the art world a little bit. Yeah. He,
0: he and I were plants. We did voices for a project that was up at the Whitney. Oh, cool. And we just sat together and made up voices. And that sounds fun. It was fun. Um,
1: yeah, and then I pitched doing the... you like how
0: I snuck that in there?
1: I mean, it (laughs) made sense. It made sense. Um, yeah, I pitched it and they were totally cool with it. And I like covering events much more than I would like just going to them. I mean, a small part of me would like to just be able to go nuts and not think about it and just have a good time, but... It's nice to sort of have a little in yeah. and, um, and to have a purpose and to sort of be giving back a little bit and also just to, you notice a lot more. I mean, it's yeah. the same when yeah. you're in the mode of writing jokes, you really notice and you're really observing. Yeah. So in the same way when you're writing for something specific. Um, and just to see five comedy shows a night over the course of five days, because I always go for yeah, five mm-hmm. days. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and just to meet a ton of people. And similar with this boat cruise, it was, I just met a ton of people and hung out. And, That's a Max Fun thing, or what yeah, was Yeah, it? it was uh, a Max Fun thing. Good. Jesse
0: Thorne? Mm-hmm. I'm just naming things. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I know who people are. <laughs> <laughs> From my tiny room above the Gowanus. Um... Has there been a common thing to emerge from all of your interviews with all these great uh, comedians and things that have been on? This? You got Mark Marin on the show, yeah. and Jibs. Uh, Jibs Jib just was on my show.
1: Oh, Jibs! She's is so she's. Great. A,
0: I've known her since she was a pup out there in San Francisco, working at the coffee place. Oh wow! But she's uh, she's working through it, isn't she?
1: Yeah, she's super, super special. <laughs> is there a common thread? Um, I mean, I guess like
0: feeling yes yeah. yeah well
1: sincerity
0: you mean like do it with feelings human
1: beings that's that feelings are okay yeah and
0: not that sounds Pete Holmesy right there
1: yeah, yeah. and uh yeah being yourself uh to keep trying yeah um
0: one of the things I liked with, with Mark Marin's program, of course, WTF, he interviews a bunch of different comedians, but I love the ones. And maybe what I'm revealing here is I just love older comedians, but I love uh, hearing people that are still working, that I haven't heard anything about, sometimes ever, sometimes you knew that they existed, but it reveals the kind of working-class undertones of comedy, of what it means to be a kind of a journeyman doing this thing, or a person, journey person. Uh, and that that also is what attracted me to, to the visual arts, is that there is a current of just like, there's the art world part, which is not working class. That is uh, something else. Capital campaigns and naming things and openings. But the actual the studio visit part of it at that level is really you're going and you're doing your work. And you show up and you do it. And if you dedicate yourself to it, it will have some kind of reward out there in, in the world mm-hmm. if only you've you've communicated something that you needed to get off your chest. That's what that's what to me binds the two things together in a really nice way is that it's work to do this.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's a it's a, it's a good and honest work to do. Yeah. <laughs> it honest, may seem kind of silly, but it's it's real it's work.
1: But honest is also and talking about an that. important word.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> what do you think's the funniest venue to show work? Art. art Guggenheim, probably.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah.
0: They're just missing out on a wonderful chance to have a, a roller disco. Yeah. Starlight Express 2. I'd see it. i totally see yeah. that. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Somebody will do it. I would totally see that. Well... I feel. I feel like we've 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 gotten into so many things. Maybe we just keep coming back to the same thing. This is fun. It's good, right? You had a nice time. Yeah. I like getting I feel like into this. I got this. lost. Yeah.
1: Which is cool. You know, it's nice when you're just not like a little bit. I'm like, what did I just say?
0: Yeah. it's me all the time. I've done 120 some of these things. Yeah.
1: But it's nice to just sort of have let it go.
0: That's what it's all about. This phase of your life, I feel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I'm still working on it.
0: <laughs> You're gonna get there. Thank it's you. fine. Everything's going well for you. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's really great.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, we've talked at a good moment.
1: Yeah. I'm it's happy. Cool I'm cool happy to. It's cool to loosen up. It's yeah. cool to play. Yes. Yeah. I take this really special improv class on Sundays with visual artists, oh, and really. uh, and it's so good for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's helping.
0: Well, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed talking to you. I hope that the Paris show goes great. I know it will. I think it's going to. I think it's going to be great. Be great. Uh, I really appreciate you letting me come over to your house and uh, we paired the podcast with a Yingling uh, yeah. t- today, which is uh, always nice. Uh, to have some Pennsylvania brew, and uh, I wish y'all the best. Thank, Thank you, you, you so much. Uh, there's just a little a bit of breakdown. Of course, there's a, there's a monthly yeah. podcast, and that's uh, you can catch it on your website breakdownshow.com uh, yeah. and open. on iTunes. Uh, anything else coming up that you want to... You-
1: My coverage of this Bananas Comedy Cruise is uh, will be up in a few days on artform.com. On
0: artform.com, uh, so look for and
1: that. I, and I'm doing a show for... It's uh, during both Performa and the New York Comedy Festival at PS1 on November 10th, and it's especially innovative comedy. Weirdo well, comedy. Oh my! It's
0: gonna be good. Well, <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'll bring out a weirder suit. Well, that's terrific. Good luck with all of that, and uh, I really appreciate it. We've got our next Dell Radio Live uh, show is happening at the center of it all, Union Hall. Uh, that's just something I made up for them. That's not how they refer to themselves. <laughs> I just I'd like to have something for them. That's in Brooklyn. It's Ladies Night on the show. We've got Ophira Eisenberg. Uh, Leah Bonama and the founders of the Reductress.com, Sarah Pappalardo and Beth Newell, and that's going to be on Monday, October 21st. Monday night, what else are you doing? Nothing. Come on out. 8 p.m. Doors are at 7.30. Tickets just $5. And uh, there's links and all that kind of thing up there. Music by Steve O'Reilly. You can catch the show on Dale Radio or, of course, on iTunes or Stitcher uh, Radio if you can figure out how that works. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, My thanks to Katie Mullins for covering our theme song this season. You heard that at the top of the show. And uh, uh, till next time, I'll be painting my whiskey bottles like famous comedians and giving myself a roast. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy.